Department of Entrepreneur podcast channel. My very special guest today is Adam Johnson, and we're doing a very special interview about a new book coming out that we're actually both involved in um, called Authority. So Adam is a co-founder of Facebook group Real Estate Roundup, Wholesale Hackers YouTube channel, and the Hattiesburg Area Real Estate Investors Group. So obviously we're talking about real estate investment today, if you haven't already figured this out. Um, and he's spoken to various uh, real estate investment groups and has been featured on many podcasts as well. And he's basically raised in Mississippi. Um, Adam Big Sip Johnson is one of the best educators in negotiating creative financing wholesale real estate. His techniques have helped many businesses across the country hit new milestones and become a viable business for their owners. Along the way, he's become a real estate authority, uh, hence why he's actually in the book called Authority, which is pretty good. Um, he makes his home in southern Mississippi with his fiancée, um, Catherine Grace, and focused on growing his platforms and business and wholesaling and rental housing market. So welcome, Adam, to the show. Oh, no, it's good to be cool. here. I hope you haven't given away all your secrets already. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why I kept my long sleeves on, so I could just, I could keep a few stuffed up there. Yeah. And so um, I guess we've got a bit of commonality here, because I think we both sort of grew up in the country. <laughs> if you can't already figure this out, <laughs> right? So it's a very different kind of way of growing up, right? Very much so. It's... um. Yeah, I mean, we were in the middle of nowhere, used to give directions, say, go south, take a right. When you feel lost, it's the third driveway on the left. <laughs> and it's like an hour. <laughs> yeah, when I was a kid, I used to go for an hour, two hours to a barbecue, right? You'd basically have a, you'd say, look, we're out for barbecue. It's like a whole day thing. It's not like just pop next door to a quick couple of quick sausages. You're actually, it's a commitment. <laughs> it's a Oh, gosh, yeah. <laughs> that was a, like going to town was a big deal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You had to get organized, right? So um, we want to talk today about a, a book that we both were involved in, which is Authority. And um, basically, we're allowed to write a, a fairly short chapter about something. And so we both come up with sort of ideas. And I was quite interested to read your chapter because one of the things that I guess um, is very consistent in, in what you talk about, and I think it's very important, is failure. It's one of my biggest subjects we talk about on the podcast. I mean, um, so tell me a little bit about your story, because I, I, I probably won't ruin it for the for what's in the book, but you know, tell me a little bit about your background and, and how failure sort of come about for you. Um, it was swift and sudden when it did. It was, a, it was a stranger for a long time, if I'm being totally honest. I mean, I was, I was born with I mean, all the opportunities anybody could ask for. Um, my dad was in the real estate business. He was entrepreneur, you know, to the core. Um, and I, I grew up around the lifestyle that most people search for, um, you know, and some of them never really find it. So I was very fortunate in that regard. And, and I mean, quite frankly, just I had the Midas touch. And then one day, I mean, within it's a bad 12, thing, right? When you start believing your your own BS, right? <laughs> yeah, like it, when your head gets too big, you know, the the universe will will put things Slap you back down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it'll it'll give you as as they say in the country, a nice slice of humble pie. <laughs> um, but that was that was it, and and within a twelve month period, I mean, everything changed. Total identity crisis, and I went from that Midas touch on everything to just, I mean, I watched them drag my car away. And I mean, that was, that was an earth shattering change. Like everything changed and to the point of trying to figure out, okay, well, if all of this is happening, who am I? Mm. 
Yeah, and I mean, that's the tough part is that, you know, you start soul-searching and, of course, when you, all your decisions then become second-class citizens, or second-class decisions, right, because you, you're making bad decisions on top of bad decisions usually. It's a it's an interesting row, but, but that's something I feel like that it, it doesn't get talked about, right? Like, it's easy to talk about those wins. Oh, man, we're throwing Ws on the board left and right. Look at how awesome we were over here and look at how awesome we were over there. And, and it's easy to throw that stuff out, but the truth of it is, is that we all fail, mm. right? Like, like nobody started, nobody went from crawling to walking without falling down. Nobody. Yeah. <laughs> and and get, so get, it's getting up, right? <laughs> yeah. But as we get older, for some reason, it's like we get super embarrassed mm. for, for whatever the reason we worry about what anybody else thinks. And then we get in this habit of thinking that we have to that that failures are imperfections. So I've got a theory really not. with education, right, is that when you go to school, they don't want you to fail, right? You're not allowed to fail. So for 12 years, they teach you not to fail. And I think mm-hmm. what happens is that's Follow directions, a really bad situation. Give us the right answer. Yeah. So I think that's the... What, what was that last thing you said? Sorry. I, so, you're right. so basically what sets you up, because when you leave school, you think you can't fail, mm-hmm. right? That you've got to pass everything. It's, everything's got to succeed. And because that, in that sort of in, sort of enclosed environment at school, you, you know, in that bubble, you basically, you know, that's, that's set up to be like that. And so in the end, the society splits itself up very much between the winners and the losers in school. For, that's probably a great example of where things can go really bad for you and then just follows on from that. That's right. You don't want to talk about, you know, your losses because that's, and we, we learned that in school too. I mean, we get, Oh man, we lost that football game last night. Oh my gosh, we beat them so bad. And just like you said, it's a, it's a constant just barragement of failure equals bad, right? Failure is a mistake. And, and it's something that should just be, Oh my gosh, that's bad. Yeah. And that's, that's not the case. So what happens? So you basically in a situation where you know they've taken everything away. Um, so you're losing the car, losing the house as well, or like you, I think you said, I think I read something in the chapter. You're losing the house and as well. At the same I didn't. Time. I didn't lose the house. I had actually sold my my personal house. Right. Um, but I lost everything else. I had a I had a business deal that went bad, and I got a divorce in a 12 month period. <laughs> and it was just. <laughs> I mean, it, it was everything. It was like I had saved up for this miraculous moment of failure all at one time. And it was a spectacular disaster. Mm. But at least you got all out of the way in one go. Like you could have, this could have dragged on for years, right? That's, that's the, that's what I tell myself, right? Like we get it all done at once. If it, you know, anything worth doing is worth doing well. We've heard that before. Um, but I, I think, you know, it's one of those things like all of our, the details of the stories change, mm. but all of us have a similar story. Like mm. we all have ups, we all have downs, right? Jim Rohn called them seasons of life. Mm. Like we all have those seasons and we all experience the same emotions. Like, you know, we're, we're my loss, right? Like it was devastating for me, but it wasn't anything health related. Like it wasn't the loss of a loved one. So, so even by comparison, like mine was really not that bad. It was more of a, a of a very emotional learning experience than anything. Mm. Um, but we all, we all experience that. We all have those emotions. And, and I think that's one of the, the, the main reasons I like to talk about those failures and, and to let people know, like, it's okay, because 
at the end of the day, the things that are, are the most personal for us are the most general. And that means that apply to everybody, even though we think that we're supposed to keep them a secret. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and for those of you out there that like you have those failures that you've been trying to hide, broadcasting it to the world is a liberating experience. <laughs> and people don't care that much, you know what I mean? Like, it's not like they sit there and they ring you up and start teasing you about it. Like, it's it's not something like, you know, that they go, oh, that's, that humanizes you. It doesn't make you the opposite of where they're going to get don't, don't want to go near you because they actually want some. Because I think in like in, like apparently in Silicon Valley, if you go to Silicon Valley with an, with an app idea and they go, well, how many times have you failed before? And they go, well, never. And so we'll come back to us when you have. Right? <laughs> that's, that's part of the process. Right? Because, yeah, because most apps, most startups never end up the way that they originally spec'd, right? And so I think that's a similar sort of thing. You know, you have to have, you have to actually have incurred the problems and errors and failures along the way. That's um, right. That situation. So so how did you get yourself out of it? Like, it was, what was there one single point that you said, right, that's end, that's it? Or you're wallowing in self-pity and sort of like thinking, oh, I'm just going to give up or what happened? Yeah. So really there, there was, I, um, I, it was, it was a total just shift, right? Like it went from Midas cut, like the Midas touch to just a total kiss of death. Like mm-hmm. I would, I would try a new venture and it would, I, I would touch it and it would just wither away, just disintegrate right in front of me. Mm. And, um, which I mean, right. Like we, everybody knows it was all right here. Yeah. Uh, all, all between the ears, yep. but there was a moment it, it was, um, I was, I mean, I had a lot of help. Right. And, and there was a lot of people I can thank along the way. A lot of people that, that supported me along the way that just, you know, they, they were my cheerleaders. Um, but there was one in particular, I was in my dad's living room one night and I just remember looking at him and I said, I don't even know who I am. Like, I don't know what to do. And, uh, and in typical dad fashion, he said, well, you know, did you get amnesia or something? And, and we kind of start talking, but you know, he basically says like, you didn't forget all of these things that you did. And it was just, it was a moment where he, he just that father son memorable moment where he looked at me and he said, just go do what you're good at. I believe in you. Mm. Um, and that was, I mean, that was a game changer. And even though, and, and I, I talk about this a lot. Um, I talk about this a good bit, right? Like borrow that belief from somebody. Mm-hmm. That's a very important thing. I did. I still didn't believe in myself, right? Like I didn't walk out of that moment just skipping out to the it's car. It's all solved, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, oh my gosh, I believe in myself. Ah, you know, light comes down from the heaven through the clouds and all that stuff. But it, it was one of those moments where it was it was a little glimmer of me being able to say, well, I don't believe in myself, which it really doesn't matter what I believe because right now I don't I don't even trust myself and trust my own judgment, right? But here's somebody that I respect more than anybody else in the world. And they believe in me Mm. and I, I believe in them. So if they believe in me, I can, I can grab onto at least a piece of that Mm. and then just start pulling up. Mm. So you've, you've created, so the real estate side of it obviously wasn't something that you're necessarily involved with back then. Like it was, 
Is this something you've kind of morphed into? Is that something that you've on? Yes and no. So like real estate in general, I've done almost all my life. Um, I think October 11th of, yeah. So two days ago was my 18 year anniversary from buying my first investment property. Um, But I would, you know, I in and out of real estate through the years doing other business ventures, but it was, it was real estate in particular that really brought me back out of that. Mm. Um, that was where I just, I said, okay, I'm going to do just real estate. That's the thing I love the most. And that's the thing I feel like I can, I can be the best me. Mm-hmm. And I took that little bit of belief I got from my dad and I grabbed onto it as tight as I could and just got to work. Like but, I just yeah. worked and worked and worked. So it's a little theory I have in what we've done, what I've gone through as well, is that the universe actually expect wanted you to be where you are now. So it was just a case it had to push you there. So the reality is what happened to you in the past was really just a way to try and get you to where you got to today. And if it had not happened, it would have gone a completely different wrong way. It's almost like it changed direction deliberately on you. I I would agree with that. Um, and that that's that's how you recognize somebody that's that's been through it. Mm. Right. Like it was when you start having those kind of conversations, you know that you've been in some dark places, really mm. analyzing life. Mm. Um, I, 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 yeah. Uh, but I couldn't I, I couldn't agree with that more. And the the big thing for me is, is that. There's no way I could have become the person that I needed to become without experiencing what I experienced. Mm. And, and I needed to be the person that I am becoming to do what I'm doing now. Mm. So I, I could not agree more with you. Mm. And I think that's the thing is that, uh, and then you get to use all the stuff you've got that you've learned over time and you get to really bring that all back. And, and I think that's, and it's obviously because you're focusing on one thing and you become an expert on it, but you've been through that, <clears throat> you know, you, you have to fail in some respects. I think a lot of times when people go up and say, well, I'll tell you how to do something, but it's not how you do it. It's how you failed it at first. So you don't do that. So it cuts down the whole time frame of that. So in, in your situation, you're probably teaching people, you know, stuff, don't do this because that'll cost you a lot of money. <laughs> That's right. So you've got a tough. fairly Just... big group of, of, of customers and, and, and community from what I understand. Like, is that? Yeah, we've, um, I, I think our Facebook group has eight or 9,000 uh, people in it. And uh, that's the the real estate roundup group. Mm-hmm. And then we have some other coaching that we do. We have some uh, some private coaching groups that we have on Facebook as well. And then um, that's the one. It was really, I, I can't even really tell you how that got started. I, I My friend and now business partner learned real estate. Because um, I had, I mean, I had tried for years to get my friends to do real estate and, and to kind of teach this business. And you know, it's, if they're not ready to, to learn it, then the teaching doesn't matter. So, so it was just one of those things. I just got to where I just did it myself. And when I, I really had that moment with my dad and just got to where I, I laser focused in on real estate, my now business partner came along and he said, Hey, I want you to teach me what you're doing. And so he took it. And I mean, he took the ball and ran with it. And when he learned and, and was able to to quit the nine to five job, um, he said, look, I'm not the only person that wants to know about this stuff. So we're going to start taking this information and we're going to put it out there. 
And we started that group. And then we started doing just a once a week Q and like live Q and a log on and, you know, type your question in and we'll answer it and we'll do whatever we can give you whatever information we have up to answer your question about real estate. Um, and that's now here we are two, two years later, I think it is. And I think um, probably what comes out of that is consistency, right? You, you consistently did it. So people feel that they can rely on you. Yeah. It's not, well, that's the all of life, right? It's not what you can do. It's what you can do consistently. Yeah. <laughs> There's a bit of a story. I was before long story. There's this woman who started writing a blog for, for therapy and she decided to cook something different every day. And, and she ended up being the, I think the she did books and ended up being the largest blog um, on the planet and been on did movies and all sorts of stuff because she was consistent. She did this for a whole year. And and basically apparently she'd have end up having famous people to, to dinner and all that sort of stuff. But her first blog readers were her mum and, and you know, a couple of friends, right? No one was reading it. And it took like months before it got anywhere. But she just kept on doing it. Just and it's kept like doing consistency it. over time, you know, beats anything. So it's just an interesting thing yeah. one of the comments was sort of says time is more important than money. So what do you think do you think that do you think that that's the the key to us? People don't sort of value time. Well, I mean that's the that the one of the biggest misconceptions we learn at a an early age is that oh come on come on time is money, um, and for whatever reason that's still getting tossed around everywhere and people say it like it's true, but if we think about it like dollars are easy to get. Like they really are. There's dollars just floating around all over the place, but I've never been able to go back and grab any more time. True. Yeah. Um, and if, and, and this was one of those moments too, I, I learned a long time ago, if you want to know what's important in life, go watch and talk to people that don't have much longer to live. Hmm. And, and every one of the older people that I know are the people that, that have some kind of terminal news there's two things they want time and health to enjoy it. Mm. And, and the money becomes worthless to them very, very quickly. Yeah. True. There's the old story. You can't take it with you, right? That's right. <laughs> it's good to have some while you're here. Don't get me yeah, wrong. Yeah, I, I, I think I'd rather be, I was going to say, Oh, these poor movie stars are depressed. I said, well, I'd rather be depressed and rich than depressed and broke. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like having the choice. <laughs> Well, that's what, that's what somebody told me one time. I said, you know, money won't solve all your problems, but it'll solve about 90% of them. And it's real easy to figure out the other 10. That's right. Yeah. Sometimes you just throw money at it and it solves a problem, right? <laughs> so part of what we're, we're doing with this interview is that um, we, we've got a, a campaign running to, um, to help us sell lots of books and authority. So there's a link on the, on the screen here as well we'll put on the website that helps people kind of come in there and buy the book. It's, it's going to be, um, I think, 99 cents for a period of time. And how, how, our whole goal is to try and get ourselves on the USA Today and Wall Street Journal as bestsellers. So if anybody's listening and you, you want to help us out, it's only 99 cents. So if you want to buy the book now, it'd be great. Um, and obviously, we really appreciate a five-star review as well if you like it. So, um, uh, And if you're cool. wondering if you're one of those people, it's you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's you we're talking to. So it's authority. So you go to authorityofthebook.com and all the links are up there, so you can grab it on Amazon and Kobo and and Barnes and Noble and all the other all the other retailers. But that's the main ones we're focusing on at the moment. Um, and so, 
So Adam, really appreciate your time today. Um, and I think they need to read the book to get the rest of what happened with you and then get some connections from there. So I really appreciate you coming on and talking. About I don't it. want to spoil it. So I'm not going to tell them how it ends. That's exactly right. So I'm not going to tell you, you have to buy the book to find out how it ends. <laughs> <laughs> and then connect with, with Adam from there and find out how it continues, right? <laughs> That's right. Follow the journey. Yeah, cool. All right. So really great to have you and I'll, I'll talk to you again soon. Awesome. Thank you, John. I really enjoyed it. Cool. Thanks, mate.